welcome to the Nick Henderson Podcast, a resource that helps push you further in your faith by discussing the difficult topics that tend to keep believers from moving into the place God has for them. I'm Nick Henderson, and I'm beyond grateful that you're tuning in today. With that said, if this episode provides you any value, I would just ask that you leave a review and also share this show on social media. Those two things help immensely. With that said, this show is a little bit different as I got the opportunity to sit down with my friend Colton Lee. He's a pastor in North Carolina, an incredible man of God, but as of recent has been battling some pretty tough trials. And today we sit down and we talk through his story and specifically how to love God when things go wrong. About a year ago, I guess a little less than a year ago, I was working out in the gym and fitness was always kind of a, a big part of my life at that point. And I was doing leg press and I was going super hard. It was like a super intense workout. And then at the very end, it was literally the last set of my entire workout. I was in the bottom of my leg press. I went to explode up and I felt something give in my head. I, I can't really describe what it felt like because it was unlike anything I've ever felt before, but it was like a sudden rush of just this pulsating pain in the back of my head. And I got the weight up and immediately like set down. I thought I was going to pass out. I was really, because I, I had never felt any sort of pain, like the pain that I was feeling. And it was coming from the middle of my head. So I was like, okay, you always hear people say, uh, you're going to bust a, you know, burst a blood vessel or whatever in your head from like doing squats or whatever. But I felt like that was actually what had happened. And it freaked me out. Um, so I sat down started freaking out. I was like, I think I might pass out. Luckily my, my friends were there with me. And after a while, I eventually kind of like came to my senses more and got up and got some water and the pain didn't go away for like four hours probably. And I was really contemplating that night, you know, should I go to the hospital, get this looked at? Is this just like a normal stress headache? Like what exactly is this? My friends kind of were encouraging me to be like, you know, like shake it off. Like, I think you're okay. Um, this has happened to me before or whatever. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll trust, I'll trust their advice and I'll just kind of shake it off. Cause I don't want to make a useless hospital visit out of nothing. And the next day comes and I decide, you know, I'm going to take a day off from the gym. I'm not going to go back this time. Uh, day after that comes and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try and get back into things. And as soon as I did, I think it was like, I was doing like a bench press or something, but as soon as I exerted myself, I felt that sudden just rush of pain and just this pulsing feeling in my head. It freaked me out. And I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Week passes by, I go to camp with my students. Uh, we have an awesome time at camp down in uh, coastal North Carolina. And I kind of am trying to keep, keep an eye on what exactly is happening. And uh, eventually really, really months pass by, or I guess a month passes by from the original incident. And, and it keeps coming back up whenever I would exert myself a lot. So I'm like, okay, I need to talk to a neurologist. Um, so I finally get scheduled and turns out the next appointment is two months away. So it's not even close. So I have to wait another two months. Finally, I'm about to go get this thing checked out, figure out what is going on inside my head. And then the day before I'm exposed to someone who has COVID. So I have to call them to reschedule and I reschedule and they end up pushing it back another month or two. It was, it took me forever to finally get seen. Eventually I get in there. They're like, okay, we need to get you an MRA or an MRI. And then it later became an MRA. And they looked and eventually they identified what was a internal carotid aneurysm. And the, the advice that I was getting from the neurologist was kind of insufficient. So I ended up getting a second opinion from a, one of the uh, top neurosurgeons at Duke. And he was great. 
Um, but he basically told me that what sounds like what had happened was I had pushed myself a little too hard and my blood pressure got so high that part of the artery that goes into my brain, the carotid artery, part of it weakened and sort of tore a little bit without popping and caused this sort of weakening in the blood vessel to form, which is where this pain was coming from. And if it were to burst, then I would have, you know, had a stroke and, you know, that could have had some serious brain damage and stuff. So it turns out it was a lot more serious than I had thought it was. And then he kind of told me, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to have you not do any more exercise, nothing strenuous for at least three months. And we're just going to see what happens. The hope is that it'll heal by itself because you're young. You have no predisposition towards this, like genetically or anything. So I was hopeful going through those, those three months of rest that it would heal naturally. And that I'll be okay because the treatment options aren't ones that you really want to do. So went through the whole three months and passes by. I'm still kind of having these headaches here and there and go back to get it checked out. And instead of having shrunk, it turns out that the aneurysm slash dissection is the other thing that it, it could be. It has slightly grown. So I recently got a, another sort of analysis from a doctor. Like, I guess it was really about a week ago, two weeks ago. And basically we're, we're still kind of working through, okay, what does it look like moving forward? Do I just need to rest more? Do I need to get an angiogram? And that's kind of what I'm praying about right now. It's like, okay, is the angiogram the smartest thing to do? Basically, I would just give them a better idea of what exactly it is because they're not sure if it's a dissection or an aneurysm. And that's kind of where I am right now. So I, uh, I was a personal trainer in college. So fitness was a, was a huge part of my life. And I have not been able to lift a weight or do even, even run. Like there were a couple of times that I went on runs and then it caused the headaches to come back. So I had to cut that out too. Um, so I've just been like sedentary and that's just not how I'm built. And it's been difficult for sure, but it's been a learning process. So that's kind of where I am now with all of the all the health and stuff. I lost about eight pounds in the three months that I haven't been able to work out. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm shredding off, not shredding off, but just losing <laughs> muscle mass that took me years to gain. So that's been another thing that I've been, you know, just coming to terms with, but that's just the reality of my situation. I'm, I'm glad that I'm alive and healthy now. So, well. so, I mean, one, that's a crazy situation, right? I mean, especially for you being so young, that's so rare, as you said, but what's been, I mean, of this hard situation, what's been the hardest scariest part of all of this? The hardest part has been just the unknown surrounding it and the waiting because I'm, I'm the type of person who wants to solve things, you know, just like run to a problem, like, okay, let's figure this out. But really there hasn't been a clear solution for this. It's kind of just been a, okay, you need to wait. Whether that be me waiting to get it finally seen by a doctor or me continuing to wait after figuring out what it was and just realizing that, okay, the best treatment is just to rest. That's also not something that I'm like naturally inclined to do is just to, to wait. And I've had to grow in my patience. Um, I'll, I'll also say that when you get diagnosed with something that has the potential like ramifications that this has, like it, it's, it's not super big. So the risk isn't incredibly high right now that it could burst. Like I could have a stroke, but the reality, like it, it's still, it's still possible. And once that becomes a possibility, it can, it can take your thoughts into sort of, I guess, dark places, honestly, where it's like, okay, like what if, if I had a year left to live, like, what would I want to do with my life? Like, like what would be the meaning of all this? If like, if something did happen and just kind of balancing, like, okay, let's not allow my thought life to go there. Let's instead like focus on the things of the Lord and focus on the promises of his word and the things that he've told that he's told me. So it's been sort of a balance with all the waiting and sometimes the kind of isolated thoughts that's probably been the hardest part. 
you kind of hit on it too, right? Is that, you know, you're learning patience, right? But I want to ask too, like, what's been the greatest lesson that you've learned through this trial, this difficult time that you're going through right now? The biggest thing that the Lord's been teaching me is to trust in his promises. And um, we hear that a lot in the church, like trust in the promises of God, like his promises are good, but it's become very real to me recently. And I made a little post about this when I first kind of got the diagnosis and was processing things. And I was reminded of Romans 8.28, which says this, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And, you know, it's, it's a phrase that gets tossed around a lot. God's working all of this out for your good. And, you know, the reality is, is that a lot of times we hear that and we can sort of twist it a little bit and think that our good is like our version of what our good should look like, right? And the reality is that, is that God's version of what's, what's good for us and what our good is, it, it oftentimes looks a lot different from ours. And I've had to keep running to that verse specifically and keep running to that aspect of God's character, his sovereignty and his, 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 just how good he is to me and to the people that he calls his children. And I've had to keep running back to that and remind myself of that truth because like in the flesh, like I don't, my flesh doesn't want to believe that. My flesh wants to say, okay, like God, like, why would you let this happen to me? Like I'm losing, losing all this weight. I feel just weak. Like it's been hard on my mental health, not being able to work out. Cause that's, that was a big thing that um, I could use as an outlet. So I'm like, like, God, why would you allow us to happen? But I think that through this, the Lord has definitely been uh, producing really an endurance and a reliance on him. So it's like one, one of the things that gym culture kind of gets a bad rep for is like, it's a lot of like, you know, ego, ego maniacs and pride fueled people. And like, you know, you're doing this to make your body look a certain way. And I kind of got stripped of, of really any pride in my, in my own fitness, my own health, any pride that I might have in my own body. It kind of got just pulled back. And I think that the Lord probably did that intentionally. I don't know if that's to reveal sin in my life. Maybe I was making an idol out of that, or maybe it's just to make me rely more on him. I'm not entirely sure which of that it is, but regardless, I have learned to rely on him more through it. Another, another verse actually from Romans as well, Romans five or a couple verses, Romans five, three through five says this. I just wanted to read it. Uh, not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering. knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given us. And that's been also something that I've been reminding myself. It's like, okay, even through our trials, even through the, the difficult things, because this, I mean, it has been, it has been really difficult. Even through that, he's still sharpening me so I can be a usable sword in his hand and be a force for the kingdom. And that's, that's what I've been preaching to myself throughout this whole thing. Absolutely. And you know, what an incredible story and what an incredible journey that you've had, right? I mean, not an easy journey, but it's yeah. been an incredible journey. And so mm -hmm. I want to ask you too, you know, as we wrap up here, what advice or encouragement do you have for anybody listening today? One thing I recently noticed as I was sort of reading in certain spots in the Old Testament is that God always reminds his people, Israel, of what he did when he freed them from slavery in Egypt. You hear so many times Israel's kind of referred to as you know, the people that was ransomed from Egypt or like the Lord is referred to as uh, the Lord who has delivered you from the Egyptian hands. And that's just like throughout the whole Old Testament. It's this singular point in their nation's history that God constantly makes reference to. And the, the Israelites constantly have to remind themselves of this is, is how God freed them. And I think that that same principle applies to us when we get into difficult stuff in life. We want to keep our eyes on the difficult thing itself, on the difficult 
situation. Maybe, maybe we're being treated poorly. Maybe it's just life. Maybe it's health like it has been for me. But the temptation is to keep our eyes on that when God is calling us to look back to how good he's been to us in the past and remember that his character is still the same. Like my Egypt, like when, when the Lord rescued me from sin and from life without him and like hopelessness without him, like I need to look back to that and realize that if he's good enough to rescue me from sin, then he is good enough to bring me through this health trial. And regardless of how it ends, whether it ends the way that I want it to or ends in some miraculous healing, which praise be to God if it did, he's still the same God and he still is the God who rescued me from sin and death. And his love for me is still always there. So my encouragement to you would be, or to anybody listening would be to remind yourself of that. He is, he's the Lord who ransomed Israel from Egypt. And he's also the Lord who has ransomed us as his children from death and into life. Yeah, absolutely. Great word, Colton, and, you know, great story, great testimony, and a great individual that you are. So seriously, I appreciate you. I know the listeners appreciate you. And we're so thankful we got to hear your story. We're praying for you. We're thinking about you and we love you. So love you too, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on here, man. Big shout out to Colton for coming on today and sharing his incredible story. I hope this show provided you some encouragement and some clarity. If it did, I would just ask once again that you would leave a review and share this show on social media. I greatly appreciate it until next time.